What's up? It is 10.02. This is BPPC, Benjamin Patterson Podcast, episode 006. And I am so excited to have my wonderfully amazing, super funny, and amazingly talented friend, Mr. Desi Valentine. Say what up. Hello, everyone. Oh, listen to that. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. (laughs) Hello, Oh my goodness. <laughs> Desi, Desi, Desi. And what people don't know is I'm actually going to use my microphone stand, aka a little baby potty, to uh, to make sure that we can be both heard, but this is a nice quiet environment. If you guys could only see how gangster this setup is, you would love it. Um, it's just, resonant. It is resonant, and it is resonant. <laughs> a little booty has sat upon this throne. Anyway. <laughs> I will start it off like I start off all the shows. Two questions. Yes. How do we know each other? And what is it that you do? We know each other. Um, we both live out here in uh, sunny Los Angeles. And um, we actually met each other out on a night out originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Small World actually ended up being, we had a mutual friend who didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just been like the closest of mates ever since, really. We actually yeah. spent, we went to Burning Man. Ah. And once you, once you go to Burning Man together, yeah. that'll either break your friendship or create a bond that will be there forever. Forever. That's it. Forever. So, and and broke. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I can't understand this man. Yeah. Um, we're going to come back to that too. We're going to come back to that. And then I. Uh, I'm for a living I do uh, music I'm a recording artist a singer songwriter and um, yeah that's that's pretty much it yes I love it yes and we will we will we will dive further into all of both singer songwriter artists we'll 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 give it all some some uh, proper uh, airtime so you can uh, so we can talk about it um so I would say, let me start off with this though. Who are your most, I would say, who are your biggest musical influences and why? Uh, okay. That would sound like that. Who are you like and why? You know what I'm saying? Um, for, so it's really difficult because I have a lot of different influences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say that my main influences have been Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, unbelievable lyricist and like she's the original like raspy jazz blues Mm -hmm. so whatever she is singing is so signature to her Mm -hmm. um and a completely compelling and amazing woman she was straight up crazy she really was but (laughs) most of the genius artists really there's a fine line between the two things, a genius and, uh, yeah, and, crazy. and crazy, for sure. Um, a huge Sam Cooke fan. Okay, um, yeah. Grew up with Sam Cooke. Um, huge influence of mine as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, nobody could sing like that man. No one. Now, I've seen you a few times live. I saw you, but I, I would say the most memorable, for a lot of reasons, is... <laughs> what? Is the uh, I'm giggling right now because I just went to go and get my glasses when no fucking is gonna see me. 
at all. And I just was like, oh, I need to get my glasses real quick. Uh, no, Des. You, no one's going to see you. And you supported me as well. I did. You I'm supported like, you know me. Like, if you had to put on a weave. <laughs> or a I have to put on this dress. I have, I have to, to wear put on this. Makeup will be here in five minutes for Mr. Valentine. Uh, for the second half of the show, we will actually be doing be it in ready. Morse code. We'll be boop, 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 boop. <laughs> You did. Oh, I and just realized that right now. Sorry to interrupt you, but that just, magic. yes. Keep yes. flowing. I've seen you a few times, and I was going to say the most memorable show so far has been uh, your performance at the Wiltern Theater, mm -hmm. and you shut that motherfucker down. <laughs> what do you feel is your, like, how, what do you, what is your, like, right before you get on stage? Like, what's your last 30 seconds before it's like, boom? Right before I go on stage, honestly, I, I it's my most comfortable place mm -hmm. in the world. Like, I love to be on stage. So, I'm the lead up to actually going on stage, like, the 20 to 30 minutes, whatever, before leading up to it. I just actually can't wait to get on, I actually just yeah. can't wait to do it. Yeah. So those 30 seconds before, I'm like, all right, now the waiting's over, mm -hmm. it's go time. And it's, there's an adrenaline that comes over you, but there's also a feeling of, of real calm mm -hmm. and confidence that comes over. Okay. You're just like, you've done all the studying, you've done all the warming up, you've done all the, you've done all the practicing and the earning these skills for years. Mm -hmm. So it's now's the time when you're like, it's go time. Mm -hmm. So I've always, I've always felt that way when I used to like do auditions and things like that, when I was uh, doing more musical theater and things like that. I was always more, uh, people would hate auditions, but I would always love them because okay. I'm like, I've done all the work and now's the time to show what it is that you can really do. Yeah, and that's a great um, mindset to have going into it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be the fun bit, you know? Um, and that way you can be relaxed and, and channel. Mm -hmm. The energy just gets channeled through you rather than you having to really think about it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I can dig that. Yes. So, uh, on a smoother <laughs> I'm glad side. You did. Let me see. Uh, you know, I'm loving those glasses right about now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to talk to you. Uh, so we're in the <laughs> boiler room right now, talking to the man in glasses. Um, what about? So I will say of my um, of my musical guest friends, because you are the first. Um, hey. One of the most successful, I will say too. You've got a lot of thing, a lot of things cooking, which a lot of times people will say, like I'm working on this, I'm trying to get that, or I'm doing this, or you know, so and so is going to do my music. You know, I know Doc. That's a little Dre reference, but um, you've actually just had a song featured on The Rookie. Yes. Yes. Um, another one, a, a, a few songs on Suits. Uh, Suits is the one, one. that was. Uh, the season finale. Season finale. So, and then yes. Queen Sugar you had. I've had 
five songs. That's where you're five at. songs yeah. on Queen Sugar. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Own. Shout out to Queen Sugar. Yes. And shout out to Desi Valentine. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm really grateful to those guys over there. They've been huge, huge, huge advocates and fans of mine. So I just, I'm grateful to that. So Ava, if you're listening, yeah, I will. <laughs> like, I will tweet. I will tweet. So I would not be surprised if, if she's not like, oh, that's that. That yeah, British that, scoundrel. That hobo <laughs> of a man who's quite lovely, actually. Um, okay, so I know somebody out there is probably like, what he sound like that? Where he from? <laughs> Hopefully no one talks like that. <laughs> if yeah. you do, we love you and we support you, you and anyway. Yes. <laughs> Where are you from? Um, my good man. I'm from a place called Catford in Lewisham that's a borough of London Um, boroughs representing that's it that's it anybody nothing of note has really happened in Catford that I'm aware of but it's it has a a large cat in (laughs) a large statue of a cat in this in this center of the okay. town that like reaches into the town they're not like famous for being no they're famous because of this big old cat that's like I, reaches I was gonna into make the worst joke ever but I think it's too early in my podcast <laughs> to career. scare everybody away so, but I'm not gonna go there um <laughs> so you're from Catford um, there's a big cat, so from space you can be like, right yeah, there. yeah, there it is. Right that's next it. There's a litter box, and that's letting that's Litterington. <laughs> Litterington. I, I'm from Litterington. I'm from Catford. Hey, it's right? like that way. Get out of here. The cat box in the middle of the city, and there's all cat and shit everywhere. Uh, okay, well, cool. And then so I imagine like people that are like, you must have gone, or my people just kind of go to London. Because that's where whatever is happening is happening. If you're in that part of the UK, is that what happened to um, you? Well, I grew up really in pretty close to the centre of London, so it's only about 25 minute train ride okay. into the centre, like okay. Charing Cross and like Waterloo and all okay. those places around the centre. So okay. um, it wasn't a thing that I had to really go very far to be in the thick of it. Okay. Um, and I actually went to a performing arts school from the age of 11 to 16. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, so that, that, and that was in the, cent- in the center of town as well. So okay. I'd, I'd kind of been in it from the beginning, really. It nice. was not really, yeah, it was not really... Anything else? Yeah, it was just straight into it. I was a gymnast first from okay. the age of three till 12. And then... And then was into performing from that point on. That really. would explain the outfit. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, sorry, I like you don't know. <laughs> he's wearing a onesie. I'm kidding. He's not. He's wearing some dope jeans and a dope shirt and a big hat exactly. and a onesie with the number zero five on his shirt. Uh, He'll be performing later on. No, no. Um. So okay. All right. So cool. Um. So. Yes, sir. Burning Man. Yes. <laughs> let's let's, cause your first Burning Man was my first burn. Yes, we burned together. We, we both of our burning virginities were taken at the same time. Taken, taken. and we rolled in the dirt. We, we did roll, roll in, in the, the dirt. dirt. We made uh, uh, dust angels. angels. Right, right. We made fire dust angels. So for people that have never been 
Because there's like two people in the world. In the world, there's people that have been, people that haven't been. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. That's it. You either have, yeah. If you were to try to qualify, yeah. not qualify, to sum it up as far as experiences, how would you describe it to someone who's like, I just, I've never been, I have no desire to go, but what's it like? Oh God, that's so difficult because uh, Burning Man is one of the most freeing and beautiful experiences I've ever had in my life, Mm -hmm. if not the most. Mm -hmm. It is like a artistic, colorful, larger than life, um, immersive, loving experience that, it's like an adult playground, but everybody that's been invited has been like, okay, these are the rules. You gotta love each other. You gotta be good to each other. You got if everybody gives to each other, then if you need something, somebody will give it to you. If somebody needs something, you're there to give it to them. And so you, the principles are gifting and radical self-reliance. So you, whatever you go out to Burning Man with is what you have to ultimately survive with in the middle of the Black Rock Desert. Mm-hmm miles and miles and miles away from civilization mm-hmm. and you basically it's 75,000 people everybody's created camps and there are these structures beautiful pieces of art and these art cars and some of the most incredible sunsets and sunrises that you've ever seen in your life like and it's it's one of those things that when you think that you've experienced true freedom mm-hmm. you haven't experienced it until you until you go to Burning Man and you're like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, we were so sad when we came back because we were like, oh, we're not free anymore. You have to drive there? You have to drive there. Like, can't just hop on your bike and bike to it. You have to wear clothes all the time and nobody wants that. You can't just be like a little kid. Yeah. I will say that's one of the, one of the biggest, I mean, especially having a three and a half year old, it's like being three and a half years old for seven days solid. Yeah. You know? Yep. And just like the camaraderie, the new friends, the old friends, the music, the roller skating, the, yeah. you know, the red vines, like it, just yeah. anything. It was, it's, it's one of the funnest things that I've ever experienced. It was great that we had both like never had done it before. And it was like one of those things where, like, damn, like we got to do it again. Yeah. And we did. And then you're going again. And then I'm going again this year. Yes. And then... 2020 will go oh, yeah, all together yeah, we're again. Back. Yeah. We've got to go, yeah, we've got to go back. But yeah, I, it was such an unbelievable, such an unbelievable experience. Mm-hmm. I've tried my best to describe it to people or yeah. tell people about it. And even though all I do is describe things all day because I'm a songwriter and a lyricist and that's what you do to, to communicate, I can't find the bloody words to describe this thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's... It's like everything will pale in comparison because somewhere you're like, yeah, it's still bigger than that. It's still big. Yeah, like we saw still one bigger. of the most incredible sunsets, or sorry, sunrises, where we literally saw like the rays. Like you could see, <laughs> I have pictures of it. You could yeah. see like, because of the way the clouds were, there was like maybe three clouds and it was like, ray, 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 ray. Music's going, 
people were out, toothbrush man was out there handing out toothbrushes at like 6.30 in the morning, and it was like, this is unbelievable. And there was like at least a thousand people out there, at least. Uh, and they were all right to the edge of the playa, just kind of like watching the sunrise. That was unbelievable. Um, God, so, I can't wait to go back. Uh, no, I can't moving wait. in a different direction, um, when did you move to L.A.? I moved to LA 2012, seven years ago, just over seven years ago. Uh, yeah, very beginning of 2012. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice, 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 nice. And I think we kind of encountered each other a few times, and then through either James or one of our mutual friends, uh, we're hanging out together, and then it was just like friends forever, and that was that. It was that. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, we're, we are currently talking to, I don't think you can like tune in, I guess you gotta start from the beginning, so if you didn't know, you don't know, it's Desi Valentine, uh, fantastic singer, songwriter, before I forget, where can people find you on social media? So you can find me on Instagram or Twitter, um, and it's at Desi Valentine, or uh, Facebook, it's Desi Valentine Music, and um, yeah, um, all my website is just DesiValentineMusic.com, so and if you hear that little baby in the background who's supposed to be asleep right now that's my son um and he should be asleep right now (laughs) now he's yelling but you know that's all right he's yelling bad words but doesn't matter um what do you think about did you see any of the latest um he is mad the uh the documentary that's out now the Perlman documentary um boy band con i haven't seen it I saw it. I've seen. Is it I've on seen, Netflix? Yes, it okay. is. And Lance, uh, Lance did a Lance Bass did a Q and A about it at the theater, and it's it's pretty. It's amazing to see what people are able to do, but it, on a on a in on a on one on one hand, it, to be like so ingenious and so like I'm gonna make an empire out of literally doing nothing. And then on the other side, it's like, okay, that's a lot of dishonest stuff. It's a lot of mean stuff, a lot of mean-spirited stuff, a lot of just take, 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 take. Um, As a musician listening or an artist that's listening, what is something that you would say, hey, this is what you need to do in order to ensure that you're in the best position moving forward as a musician, as a singer, as a songwriter, as a composer? Um, I'd say the truth of the matter is that you've just got to really be careful who you trust mm-hmm. in this industry it's a sad but true state of affairs that there are a lot of people that realize that there's a lot of money to be made in this industry and seemingly uh, kind of without doing any real work mm-hmm. you know so you can kind of schmooze and you know have the connections or whatever and and that seems to be enough for somebody to think that they get a cut or a piece of the hard work that you put in. Because to become to become a professional, you know, artist and songwriter, all of these things, takes so many years of of doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it to become good enough that, you know, you could really do this as a viable like career. But I don't think that people quite realize that, so they can swoop, think they can just swoop in and be like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, put your stuff out there and I'm gonna make you whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 it's, 
it's real skill that in many years and years of, of sculpting this thing, it's not something that you just come and write your, your name on the side of the boat that I built and be like, yeah, it's the Peter, here we go. And just, that's it, I'm like, great, actually, no. So I think that it is really true as to like, keep an, keep an eye on who you trust in your situations. And the other piece of advice is to say that you've really got to value yourself and you've got to value what it is that you bring to the table because a lot of people will use that, you know, I, because I believe in you, you know, I'd like you finally have somebody that believes in you. I know that that's obviously a very important fact, but no one is believing in you unless you've got real talent to back it up. So don't think that people are doing favors for you and you're the poor, poor me, nobody believes in me, nobody. I'm like, if people are giving you their time, their expertise, their advice, it's because you've got something to offer and you're worth something. So I think that that's something that people just really need to remember, especially when you're starting out. Like just remember, be grateful, lead with gratitude. It's absolutely a thing to be grateful. But just because you're grateful to somebody or something doesn't mean that you, you're you not bringing some serious value to the table because nobody's taking their time to give it to you if uh, if you don't really offer some talent and something. You know, so. Yeah, that's, that's you bring up a really good point. A lot of times I feel like people um, are so... And it's not even that they're, they're like thirsty or they're starved for they're just it's like they don't know what they're entitled to or what they can actually get because they're so new you know and they're so you know but it there's artists like I feel like Beyonce because her mom is, was managing her or had had some sort of business savvy early on was like oh no 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 we're you are not gonna you know you're not going TLC her mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna keep it like this and a lot of times I feel like what people don't what you what we as the general public don't necessarily hear about are the good stories are yeah. the you know I, I just had a lawyer figure all my stuff out and I make you know I make 75% of my money and then 25 is divvied up between whoever else mm-hmm. and, you know there's there's people that are successful and have long long careers but it's just quiet because you hear about the train wrecks and you hear about the horrible con, uh, contracts and the robberies and the the people that are broke and the people that are you know suing this and that so it is it's very 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 good advice sage advice I may add <laughs> it's the glasses it's the glasses <laughs> uh, very 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 good advice um, because you you are living those words I know you know we talk every now and then about you know that admin day where you're like having to check those check boxes and be like hey yes. look this 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 and this which is really important because a lot of people don't realize music business yeah take care of that music but you gotta take care of the business as you know as we have all seen I know I have gone through um, a, a lawsuit with a former manager over some acting stuff but it was one of those things like had I read the contract and really paid attention to it I would not have put myself in that situation yeah. so I lost that's the long story short <laughs> I lost um, so yeah so yeah um, so I think I want to move it on a little tiny bit before we say goodbye um, what is what is you know people don't know and what they don't know about you and I'm going to just tell them because they don't notice I love gummy bears you do love gummy bears 
Okay, sorry. And I those thought penguins that was from Trader Joe's. <laughs> no, but you love to cook. And I you do. cook quite well. I love to cook. It's, it's the raspberry reduction <laughs> with haagen <laughs> Explain where that comes from. Um, my, uh, hmm. uh, my mom, when I was, I think I was eight years old around that, I went to her, and I was like, Mom, I, I want this, you know, I'm, I'm hungry, I want to have whatever it was, I can't remember what it was, scrambled egg or something, um, and mum was just like, make it yourself, and I was like, oh, okay, so went down to the kitchen, and then mum followed me, and was like, okay, alright, and she showed me the very, my very first, like, lesson of, of cooking of what it was like what to how to be careful of the flames and what to do and take the ingredients out and showed me like the real basics of how to cook and um continued to do so and I kept asking about about how to make things and then I started like baking and getting all of the ingredients to to bake things like cakes and, and biscuits and all of these like old oh, cookies for you guys Biscuits. biscuits. I was all like gravy and biscuits. Like, oh, you made you made biscuits. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was gravy on tails. Now I um I and I really took to it from a really young age. Um, and then uh, my best mate's ex boyfriend was into cra- crazily into cooking shows so you okay. just have them on all the time so I started getting really hooked on those too and absorbed so much I already had a really strong foundation of how to cook because mum taught me and my dad was a great cook but in a completely different way so okay. he would create um he would like nobody could cook meat and do barbecue and that more of the traditional Jamaican um food because that's where I'm from mm-hmm. originally my family from so I got it from two different ways. I was, both of them could really, really cook. So uh, mum was very wild food, so she'd cook everything from every, like amazing Italian chef, as well as, you know, soul food, like Jamaican, Caribbean food, and Indian food, and everything. She would cook everything from every corner of the world. So, you know, she's just a really amazing chef in that respect. Shout out to Desi's mom, how you say, doing? I love you, mama bear. Um, wonderful lady, wonderful lady, <laughs> so 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 nice, beautiful soul, beautiful everything. She's beautiful. Um, but then yeah, and then now it's one of those things that it's so therapeutic and cathartic for me to mm-hmm. cook, especially to feed the people that I love. It's one of soothes my soul it feeds my soul mm. um, I cooked for you tonight it's it he did he did an amazing job he did uh, tilapia and um, veg- uh, wild rice and um, and vegetables and a delicious salad with a sesame ginger and um, sesame and ginger dressing right yes. that's it you hear that yeah that's, right. that's, what that's I it that. my boy got skills I love the cook you know it's interesting because I can remember my mom Showing me how to make scrambled eggs. I can, I can taste like I put too much, I think I put too much salt. It was either too much salt or too much butter. I just remember it being very like, oh, You're this like, is this oh, is a lot. <laughs> but I can remember like the little frying pan, turn on the oven. I'm just all excited. I think it was probably like sixth grade or whatever. So I was like 10 or maybe nine or 10. And being like, wow, I'm about to. And then after that, it was like, I would probably make something maybe once a week 
mm. for myself after school. But I remember being like high school age and being like having friends that would be over and they, like they just did not know how to cook. And I'm like, how do you not know how to cook? Like both my parents cook. Like yeah. How do you? And then moving out um, when I moved away to, uh, from Oakland to San Diego, same thing. Like I cooked probably five nights and then you know I got pizza or whatever. Taco Bell or some yeah, wild ass college mo- college food, food you know, ramen noodles. Oof! I remember I got a bag of potatoes for a dollar, and I was just like, "Oh, this is I'm gonna make potatoes every night." I was done the second night. <laughs> Seven pounds of potatoes growing out. Damn near asparagus was growing out of the potatoes because I was let them sit. And then I was like, "Oh, I can do new potatoes. I don't need to get these big, giant, russet, muddy ass potatoes from." What was it? Food for less? Yeah, food. You gotta do what you gotta do you when do. you're in college. Yeah. Do you know what I mean you don't yeah. have money to be like ordering food every day? I'm like, no, no. no, no there no. were some rough times as well during yeah. college for me too, where you're like, I, yeah, I. I almost had a sandwich made out of pencils. <laughs> uh, pencil sandwich. My friend Will that I went to college with was like, he came up to me and was just like, I haven't had. They're like, don't have any money at the moment. I just, and I was like, what What happened here? He's like, yeah, I, I just cooked myself a bowl of fried onions. I just Ooh. had them. And I was like, I was like, it did some damage to you, didn't it? <laughs> and he was like, I'm like, you're not going to be the same, are you? <laughs> bowl of fried onions. I was like, I was like, I gave him five quid and I was like, take it. Can I get you some? He was like, thank you. I just scarped off and ran and got himself some like fish and chips. I was like, Turn you either into a crackhead or a billionaire. So, yeah. I, I would say, or both. It's, it's so, sure. Like, hey, look, I invented Twitter. You got any crack? You got any crack? Shout out to the inventors of Twitter. So, <laughs> I can't even. Yeah, I, there's there's times where I flash back and be like, there's actually a potato soup that was made at Costco. That good, it was actually really good, but it was one of those where I was like, you know, it was, it was cheap. I wasn't broke, but it was like college rich. I was yeah. working and I was going to school, and it was like one of those that came with a little canister, and you like crack the top, and you like just you know two scoops, and then the cup of water, you like boil it, and then it's like it fluffs up, and it's like oh, it's great. But then toward the bottom of it, it was that taste of like poverty. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't have anything else to eat. <laughs> I hate this, and then I was like bowl though yeah I'm like you, at least you got something enough. you yeah. got something then, yeah and then as you kind of you know you, you work your you talk to your friends that work at the pizza spot and then you talk to your friends that work at the Gap and then you talk to your friends that work at like Nike or whatever so you kind of get some hookups or whatever start figuring those things out because that's when I was DJing I was DJing uh, two nights a week when I was in San Diego and then I was lifeguarding at the same time that I right before I finished school in the wilds and uh, at San Diego State um, well I'm gonna leave it at this Yes. Because we can talk all night about everything. Yes. But indeed. it has been Rio, and I'm going to shut this thing down once again, everybody. Yeah, 30 minutes. The Benjamin Patterson Podcast, episode six, featuring the one and only Desi Valentine. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you for being so amazing. Keep keep singing, and uh, we'll do this again. Yeah. Bye. Check it out. Benjamin Patterson Podcast, Episode 7.
we are in the confines of a truck in the middle of West Hollywood because that is how I get down. I am with Aaron Elvis. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. The funny thing is we've already talked for at least an uh-huh. hour or so. If we revisit anything, uh, forgive me, but our <laughs> listeners will be like, they sound so fresh and so unrehearsed. Uh, I always started off with two questions. Okay. How do we know each other? And what is it that you do? Uh, how do we know each other? We met while I was DJing, mm-hmm. I believe. I can't remember where it was, though. Was it Tortilla? It could have been Tortilla. Yeah, it was Tortilla. On a Sunday afternoon. Yes. Yeah. Because you were playing some banging ass house, which I was, leads yeah. into... I'm what a DJ. Yes, you I are. I am a DJ, yeah. You're a great DJ. <laughs> people, don't, people don't know oh, the difference. Start. I mean, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, DJ. Um, when did you start DJ? <laughs> Excuse me. 19 years ago. Nice. 2001. Or 2000, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, and it, it was kind of a fluke that it happened. Um, I was bartending at this place my friend owned the place this bar and i was like i really want to try djing and he's like i said can i try one night he was like sure maybe like a monday night you can do whatever you want on a monday night okay like okay and as fate would have it this guy that was my favorite dj also was a bartender there he'd given up djing just went into bartending so he heard me and he was like i want to teach you some stuff i'm gonna take you under my wing and i was like oh okay so he taught me everything I knew about beat matching, everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was interesting. And then it just kind of took off from there. Okay. So you clearly you started with, well, no, I was going to say clearly, but did you start with vinyl or did you start with CDs? I or? started with vinyl and then quickly moved to CDs. Okay. The okay. CDs were just kind of like the thing. Vinyl was uh, his way of teaching me if you're stuck with none of this uh, stuff, go to like an analog mm-hmm. record. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you have no CDs, no MP3s now. Right. Like how? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what is your, what is your favorite stuff to play when you, when you're playing what you want to play? When what I play it? what I want to play, I like to play Chicago house. I like a really soulful house. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's how we met. Yeah. Those vocals. Yes. Those oh. We were just talking about, um, and I'm just going to re- try to scoot through a few things we've already <laughs> talked about, uh, Quincy Jones. Yep. Um, because I just recently happened upon a remix of I Know Kavita. Uh-huh. And, um, and the other one was Stuff Like That. Yes. That was the song, yes. Stuff Like That. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. And I, th- and I think it's Valerie from Ashford and Simpson. Yeah. I think it's seen the link. She's yeah. singing the lead on that one. And there's a house remix of it on, I think it's... Um, either masters of work or somebody did it and it's just like i just found a track by masters of work that i'd never heard before and it's got landia doing the vocals on it which is it um there's a new one i've I've just heard oh uh then came you i don't think that's it i'm gonna find it right now take me two seconds this is brought to you by (laughs) it's 80 degrees out good god almighty Oh my gosh, I can't even... I don't know which one it is. Oh, it's... um. Was it lovely? No. It's Backfired. Backfired. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Backfired, yeah. yeah. I have the... um. What is that on? I have the album that that's on. Backfired. Backfired. She can say her ass <laughs> When I say my brother... I think I want to... I'll credit my brother with this. 
because we'll always go back and forth about who did what first. Uh, shout out to Amari Patterson. We had the same birthday. He got me in the house. And I, because I started DJing in seventh grade and I got my turn to wow. I showed you that video. Yeah. So by that time, that video, by the time we did that, I had been doing it for three years. So. Like I got my first records, I got my my uh, my mixer, and I had my little turntable. And then by my junior year in high school, I got my first 1200. And then my freshman year in college, I got my second 1200. And so when I was like 18, 19, uh, my brother, he was in college, he was at UC Davis. And that by that time, he had gotten into a little bit into house. It was like 93, 94. And so he ended up playing a couple of songs for me. And I was kind of like, eh, you know, I'm not really feeling this but whatever but i still like like soul sonic force planet rock and that so right. anything that was kind of that's why like i love planet soul because it was that same beat and so like you know anything that was like lena santiago and all that like it came on that i was like oh i got this like i can mix that and do a whole party but it wasn't until eric Murillo session nine on on uh um, wow eric Murillo. yes uh what's the name not uh, not defected in the house, but with a Ministry of Sound. Ministry of Sound, yeah. He put that on the cassette for me. I remember because it, it was like it only was 45 minutes because it would like literally end and then the other side starts with Blaze, my beat. And I just literally, like my brother gave me that as my, it was like this mix, this is a house mixtape and I moved down to San Diego and it was like from there it just like exploded. exploded yeah. Like everything that came out from about 90 till about 2000 I got it on vinyl like uh, what is it Plastic Dreams mm -hmm. um, Planet Soul of course I go saying and then like all these songs that came out Planet Soul's one of my all time favorites oh. all time favorites if you don't know it look it up if you don't know yeah. Planet <laughs> Soul find it yeah, somehow that that little and I think that was like well, the, I don't know if any other song did that where it like did a time signature change I don't think so and then slowed all. down to the yeah. planet 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 Soul with the with the audio 2 um which brings me to another thing that we have to revisit real quick you grew up where <laughs> on both coasts of the country Los okay. Angeles and New York yeah. And at some really pivotal times in both yeah. both major ass cities. Big big times. So you were in both areas like early mid eighties yeah. and then early mid nineties yeah. during some real Yeah. Like, I had to see some good stuff. Yeah. I could only I mean the I can only imagine what's that? The true New York to me. I'm like, that was yeah. New York through and through. Yeah. Like when you could walk, you know, go to the Latin Quarter and see yeah. like, you know, there's LL Cool J and he's like twenty. When I was taking I was 12 when I started taking acting classes okay. and I went to this place called the HP Studios which is Herbert Berghoff and Uta Hagen who wrote Respect for okay. Acting it was like their school so I'm 12 going there and I'd go by myself you know all the time take the subway um, and I remember being in the subways and seeing Keith Haring drawings that's how I got to know Keith Haring he was oh, doing chalk yeah, yeah. drawings right, 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 back right. then he got arrested a few times for doing them but right. that made me I was like a huge fan after that wow yeah. So I kind of feel honored that I got to see that stuff first, yeah. up close and personal. Yeah. Before that, it became a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was, you know, it's like when people yeah. don't, you know, know who that thing is or how it starts right. when you're like, no, no, I remember when the shit started. Street like art. Before it was, you know, yeah. oh my God, you know, he's going to do a, a line for Prada. <laughs> right, of course. You know, because I think, I think Coach or somebody, yeah, somebody yeah. has like their whole line. I think it's Coach or... 
or maybe it is Prada with that bad joke that I made. Um, <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Or Vuitton. Be. Or yeah. Or it could be. Mm-hmm. The um, other interesting factoid that nobody knows that I know is that your style of DJ is what I call you're a good DJ because you beat match. Right. How do you beat match so well? What is your <laughs> technique? It's a patented shoulder a shoulder shimmy <laughs> <laughs> to the beat. I'm my own metronome. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I shake my shoulders. Yeah. To the beat. I yeah. shimmy my shoulders. You shimmy to the yeah. beat, but that's that's yeah. dope because you really like I and we were talking about this earlier. I started DJing when they didn't have beat matches. I remember Newmark came out with one, and I just always thought I was like, "What's that for?" But um, now with everything the way technology is, as soon as you call up a song, the the tempo is right there next to it. Do you find that when people are like, "I'm gonna be a DJ," and they're kind of starting out, do you feel like they like rely on that so heavily that they yeah. kill the creativity? I don't know about killing creativity, but I think they they rely on that very very heavily. Yeah. You really have to. I wouldn't say you, you you really have to know music. You have to know beats. You have to know tempos of things. Mm-hmm. You know, when something is doing the tempos for you, you know, like computers can do this mm-hmm. now. They can beat match. It really kind of takes away from you learning about this, the music mm-hmm. or, or, the, or the the sound. When I listen to songs, I listen to the the parts before and after, and I'm like. What does this go with? Mm-hmm. What beats would this match? Right. Like what song sounds similar to this but mm-hmm. not the same song? You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's like it's like a recipe. Right, right. <laughs> and one of the things I've always liked about when you and Casey and Derek and Josh do is that you're able to, as cliche as it sounds, you tell a story over yeah. the period of your set. Yeah. And there's a journey that you take the people on and like the kids on, but you're tired afterwards because I'm like, God damn, if he plays another banger, I can't leave. <laughs> and it's like, you'll go from like, uh, God, what is the name of that song? Like Million Dollar Bill. And you'll go, okay, so this is going, and then you play something else that's kind of up, and then you play something that's a little subtle. You play something a little subtle, and then you get a little deep, and you come back in with a big vocal. Mm-hmm. So you're taking people on this trip, and then when people go, oh, so-and-so's a good DJ, and I'm like, but they're not doing nothing, and they don't get it because they've not been in that scenario where they've been taken on a trip. And right. like you take people on trips... And it's not until you hear a DJ do it that right. you get it. But that's one of the things I've always loved about your your style. Because, like, Saturday night is not the same as Sunday afternoon. No. But those Sunday no. afternoon sets are bangers. Yeah. Like, every, yeah. every, 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 every song. I learned all that stuff, too, by going to um, clubs. Junior Vasquez was oh, yeah. he's incredibly dramatic. He has a lot of, like, breaks, major vocals, and then it'll slowly go back into, like, a dance beat. Like, what is happening right mm-hmm. now? He would take you on a journey, but I also learned from DJs, you start slower, mm-hmm. you work your, your way up, and yeah. then you let them down slowly. Yeah. It's like you're taking a, an, air, an airplane trip, basically, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Um, 
which I live for. Oh, I love God. that. I will come home smelling like smoke <laughs> because that's when you could smoke at a club, and I would just be like drenched in sweat. I'm like, I'm like, I just want to go get some breakfast. Yeah, I need to go buy some more music. I gotta go to Berkeley. I gotta go to San Francisco somewhere and find what I heard tonight on vinyl. I remember hearing uh, "Caught in the Middle of Love," Juliet mm-hmm. Lewis. Is Ju- no Julianne Moore. And it was that my heart beats like a don't 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 don't. And I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, because I'd never heard that version before. So this was like you had to go find that version, get that in, you know, to that next mix. Uh, this DJ named Matt Consola was one of the first DJs I, I heard. Matt you know Matt? Yeah. So I've known Matt since JR's when wow. I was like 18 years old. I'm like, and he made all the Go Girl CDs. I still wow. have one of them. But he's like who introduced me to all that music. And so it was like 100% Pure Love and Gypsy Woman and all those songs I would hear on a weekly basis. And I would be like, okay, I got to get that song. Like whatever that is, I got to go get that. I have to get that song. Um, Yeah, he was one of the first people that was one of those DJs that like literally every single night. You do it. Derek does it. Casey does it. Um, Marcus Wyatt does it too. I have to say it's difficult to do in West Hollywood if I'm working in West Hollywood. It's hard to do that. I've noticed. Yeah, because they want, mostly promoters want you to do a lot more pop sounds, things everybody knows. And so, and maybe you can shed some light on this because we're into shedding some light on some shit. Why do you think that the promoters think the people don't really care about what they're listening to as much as to say, like, stuff that's really good versus let's just get a lot of commercial stuff played so people are drinking i think more than anything because this is such a car culture in southern california and la people listen to the radio all the time in new york we're not really ever in a car right (laughs) listening to the radio right all of our music either comes from a club or a bar when you go out that's kind of how we learn about music here they they know what they know and they want to hear what they know Okay. They're not as open to like taking things in. Okay. They're okay. starting to, however. Yeah. It's this culture is definitely changing. Like at Avita on Friday yeah. nights tonight. Yeah. We can do whatever we want within reason. Yeah. Like th- he's like still put some you know major yeah. bangers on there, but I start with like nothing oh. but house music, teaching like new stuff, and I end with like old school like body and soul. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think you've played my boo about a thousand times, and every <laughs> time I hear out. it, every time I hear it, I have to stop what I'm doing because I'm like, that's a great mix. Oh, that's that, a really good mix. Because it just gives you enough of that. I've been watching and I'm like, this is the happiest song on the planet. And then it goes back into the other part, which I'm like, I'm I'm fine. It's like old school meets dance. That yeah. yeah, Evita is one of those, and it's such a colorful night. Yeah. Like it is. Eclectic. Like if no one's ever been to LA and they go to that for the fir- their first experience, then they're either ruined or they're just in right. love with it because they're gonna it's think true. that that's everywhere, which is not. But it's, it's not. such a great, such a great party. Yeah, there's so many parties that are happening in LA now, like Ospenhof and yeah, you know, incredible, incredible sounds and Shout nothing out. but house sounds. And I'm oh like, my good goodness. for you. I, I had to, same thing, I had to tell the DJ at Ospinoff we were there. I was like, dude, who are you? Because I videoed, he was dancing while he was spinning, right. but he also had three CDJs going. And then he brought in, what did he bring? He brought in Controversy and literally played 
the, the actual the version. version of it because wow. that beat is still doom, yeah. doom. and then he went back into the house part and then he played some more electric stuff but he literally was going in and out of stuff and then he put on um what have you done for me lately which i'm like nobody's really going to take the risks if they're on an actual r&b track right. and not have the house he had it was used to beat the time when i was like <laughs> this dude is and he was dancing the whole time so I, you know, I found him on Instagram. I was like, "Dude, you're the shit." Da, 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 da. He's like, "Oh my god, well I'll be back." And I was like, well, "I'll be there too." She's one of my three queens, by the way. Yes. Every set I do, I have three queens that I always play. I have okay. to play at least one Madonna song, okay. At least one Beyonce song, mm-hmm. and at least one Janet Jackson song. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. That's 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 strong. That's those are my only three queens that I can play. Yeah. 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 That's a um, God. I'm trying to think if there's any songs. Now Madonna, you can always. There's always a couple. Always. And just crazy. Beyonce, of course. But yeah, you can. You there's can so many different mixes of Beyonce's. Yeah. Songs. So yeah. Um, God, somebody was playing she that. She as well. It wasn't uh, the one that Josh Peace always plays. That um, God, it's the one. Nah, 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 nah. What's that damn song called? Um, it's Beyonce. Yes. Trying to think, it's like it's it's the like everyone does a death row. Like everyone. Oh, oh, it's um, go ahead, yes, uh, run the world. Yes, yeah, yes, who runs the world? Yes, like that song is probably the end. Major Lee is a song. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, one of the promoters from Vita, Andres, is like, don't ever fucking play that song. Really? I've had it with that song because <laughs> 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 we would spin it to like everything. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Everyone, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those staple yeah. songs. Staple like, songs. And then, like, 15 years, somebody's going to be like, oh, my God, I just discovered this new song. But, like, nah, that shit was played all the way out. <laughs> um, wow. I know you've got to keep it moving. So yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna cut it off now. But we will definitely come back to this. Thank you so much. Where can Thanks people find me. you on social media? You can find me uh, Facebook DJ Aaron Elvis. You can find me on uh, Mixcloud uh, under Aaron Elvis iTunes podcast under Aaron Elvis. Nice. Um, I'm not on SoundCloud um, because they don't let me put anything up there without having some type of copyright ah. infringement, which drives me up the wall. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. On Twitter, uh, DJ Aaron Elvis. Yeah, I'm pretty much DJ Aaron Elvis everywhere. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. So, well, thank you so much for, <laughs> for having me. For participating in this little thing we call the Benjamin Patterson podcast featuring all my crazy friends um we'll talk soon thank you